This is In the Word with Malcolm Weber. The reason God gave us His Word was not just to show us how to be religious. It was not just so that we would understand what true doctrine is and what false doctrine is. And we need to do that. But that's not the primary purpose. The primary purpose God gave us His Word was to bring us to the person of the Lord Jesus. Welcome to In the Word with Malcolm Weber. God's purpose for us is not merely to do things for Him, but to know Him. He calls us His friends, not just His servants. He Himself is your purpose. All other principles of purpose are useless if they are not based upon surrender to God and pursuit of Him first of all. Find out more in the first part of Dr. Weber's message, Our Ultimate Purpose is to Know God. saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And we've seen how that God gave you a purpose, a purpose for living, a purpose for serving Him before the world began. You're not just living and you're not here just trying to somehow figure it out what on earth it is you're supposed to do, but God has already given you a specific, awesome purpose. He gave you individual purpose. And He gave us purpose as a church. And we've been focusing on our individual purposes in God. And last week we shared the first principle concerning our purpose. Do you remember what that was? What was the first principle concerning our purpose? Our purpose is found in the will of God. All right. Excellent. Our purpose is found in the will of God. And so we saw how that the priority in our lives is to be to seek a place of heart surrendered to Him and to His plan in order to know His purpose. Because we don't want to be spending our lives pursuing our purpose at all. We want to pursue His purpose for us. And this morning, we're going to develop that thought a little bit further. We've seen that our purpose is found in the will of God. And the will of God for each of our lives differs quite a bit at many points, right? He calls one to do this, he calls another to do that. There can be a lot of differences in our divine callings and purposes, but there is one calling that God has given to each and every one of us. And that calling may be expressed in a variety of ways in our lives. It can happen in different forms, but the calling itself is the same for all of us. And that calling, dear friend, is found in John 17, verse 3, where Jesus defined for us the Christian life. And He said, This is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. 
God's will for all of us is to know Him. And so this brings us to our second principle. And that is, your purpose is found in the pursuit of God. Of God Himself. Your purpose is found in knowing God. Will you turn to Colossians chapter 1, please? We're going to read some verses out of Colossians. Your purpose, your highest purpose, is in God Himself. Colossians 1, verse 16. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things are held together. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He, Jesus, may have the preeminence, that in all things Jesus may have the preeminence. Now in the King James Version, the word things is in italics, meaning that it was not uh, necessarily in the original transcripts. And so let's just take the word things out of it. You see, Jesus doesn't just have preeminence in all things, but Jesus has the preeminence in all He himself, he himself is preeminent in all. It's interesting that when you read Paul's letters, how that when he talks about his own life and experiences, sooner or later, he always comes to the subject of the Lord Jesus, of his greatness, of his beauty, of his glory, of his all-sufficiency, and of our high calling of union with Him. Paul was a man who was obsessed with the Lord Jesus. He was a man who had made a wonderful discovery in his life. You see, Paul was not a man who was looking for the meaning of life like so many are today. But Paul was a man who had discovered The meaning of all things, the purpose of all things, the purpose of everything. Paul had found the one who has the preeminence in all. And Paul was no spiritual slouch before he found the Lord Jesus. He was not some hippie, you know, living on some beach somewhere, surfing all day and partying all night. But Paul had been a devoutly religious man all of his life. Listen, Paul had spent his life seeking to know the law, the law, and to obey the law with all of his heart. That's what he had done. Right? He spent his life trying to understand the law and trying to obey the law. Paul had spent his life 
trying to do the will of God. He spent his life trying to fulfill the purpose of God. Let's read his testimony here in Philippians 3. He said that he was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, right from his birth, consecrated to God of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law. He was a Pharisee. As for zeal, he was persecuting the church. And as for legalistic righteousness, he was faultless. As far as the righteousness of the law went, he was faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And what is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, and I count them rubbish that I may win Christ. Now look at that. You see, Paul had spent his life trying to know and do the will of God. You see what I'm saying? Like so many of us are. But then he found him. And he said, forget all of that. I've found him. And from now on, he is my purpose to know him that I may know the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the discovery that Paul had made. Paul had discovered the one who has the preeminence in all. Hallelujah. And from that moment on, Paul no longer pursued righteousness for its own sake. Paul no longer pursued obedience for its own sake. But Paul pursued him. Wow. And that is the high life. Yes. That is the Christian life. That's what it is. Your purpose, your highest purpose is found in the pursuit of God. Whoa. Look at it. This is life eternal. They may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is our purpose in everything in our lives. To know Him. And I'd like to show you from the Scriptures that our purpose in everything is to know the Lord Jesus. Firstly, let's look at the Word of God. The reason God gave us His Word was not just to show us how to be religious. It was not just so that we would understand what true doctrine is and what false doctrine is. And we need to do that. But that's not the primary purpose. The primary purpose God gave us His Word was to bring us to the person of the Lord Jesus. Now I know that in our days of intellectual sophistication, our Bible colleges and seminaries have so often substituted a mental comprehension of the Scriptures for a heart-changing experience of God. But this is not something that is unique to our day alone. Do you know that the religiously orthodox of Jesus' day did 
the very same thing. Let's look at Jesus' words spoken to the religious leaders of his time. He said, you are diligently studying the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, about a person, about him. He said, you're studying the scriptures. You think that in the scriptures you have life, and yet the scriptures do point you to life, but life is in me. And you refuse to come to me that you may have life. You've embraced the word, but not the entire point and purpose of the word, which is him. Does that make sense? You see, the word was given to man to bring man to God. Not so that we could build a religion around it. Certainly not so that we could discard it as dead doctrine. But so that it would bring us to him, to his purpose. You will not come to me. Those leaders knew the word. In fact, they knew the word better than probably everybody in this room. They knew the word. At least superficially, they knew the word. And yet Jesus rebuked them. Because even though they trumpeted themselves as great scholars of the Scripture, yet they had rejected Him who was the entire subject and purpose of those very Scriptures. They had rejected the One who has the preeminence in all. Hallelujah. Let's look at John's words in 1 John 5. Now look at this. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding through the Scriptures that, here it is, you see, a statement of purpose, that we may know Him who is true. The purpose of the Word is to bring us into greater fellowship with the Lord Jesus, to personally know Him in a greater way, to find a place of more intimate, experiential, personal union with Him. And I believe very much in theology. I believe that there is no substitute for a disciplined, rigorous study of the Word of God. But the purpose, the ultimate purpose, is to know Him. And that's not to contradict knowing the Scriptures That is to put the Scriptures in their place. Hallelujah. Pointing us to the person of the Lord Jesus. The Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him. That's our purpose. Jesus said that He is the truth. And so we will not have an understanding of truth apart from Him. He personally is the truth. Paul said, in the Lord Jesus, in Him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They're in Him. You see, Him, His person, Him, Himself, Him, personally, in Him. That's where all the treasures are. And if you want to go mining for treasures of wisdom and knowledge, they're found in Him. Him. Hallelujah. Him. Personally. 
So his soul that the word of God is given as a means to bring us to the Lord Jesus. Not to give us a whole way of building a religion apart from him. Secondly, our obedience to God and our personal righteousness is not an end in itself, but it is a means to a greater end. The purpose of our obedience to God is to know Him in a greater way and not just that we be self-righteous. This is from John chapter 14. Look at these words. Jesus said, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me, you know, and therefore obeys me, will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and... What's that word? Wow! Jesus said, if you love me and obey me, I will love you and will manifest myself to you. You see, that's why we obey God. Because we love Him. Because we want Him in a greater way. You see, we don't obey God because, well, you know, we're a part of Living Faith Fellowship and you know what, Living Faith, they don't swear and they don't smoke and they don't steal and they don't, you know. <laughs> That's not why we don't do it. Or do do it, whatever it is. The reason we obey God is because we want Him. It's not because we've just joined some denomination and their view on this is that and their view on that is this and all the rest. But it's because we have a passion for the one who has the preeminence in all. That is truth. That is the motive for obedience to God. It's because we want Him. And all that junk, it keeps us from Him. It clouds up our relationship with Him. It threatens to harden our heart the more we dabble in it against Him. It threatens to ultimately steal us from Him. That's why we forsake sin. It's not because, well, now I'm a Christian and you know how Christians, you know what they do. They all give up this and they all start doing that. You see the difference? It's because we want Him. It's because we love Him. It's because we're passionate for Him. And He don't like that stuff. That's why you give it up. Wow. And that, dear friends, is a total change of Christianity. It is. It is. So simple. So powerful. Life-changing. Look at it. Look at what he said. He said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And when you're doing that, I'm going to manifest myself to you. I'm going to come. I'm going to reveal myself to you. You're going to know me personally, in a real, actual, tangible way. You'll see me, not with the eyes of the head, but with the eyes of the Spirit. You'll hear my voice, not with your physical ears, with your heart ears. You'll know my touch, not with your hands, but inside. You'll know me in a greater way. And the more you love me, the more you do my will the more you'll know me. That's why we do it, guys. That's the only reason why we do it. Hallelujah. He said, I'll come and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said, Lord, how is it that you'll manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said, if any man loves me, 
He will keep my word. My Father will love him and we will come to him and make our... What's the word? Home with him. So, it's not just that he manifests himself to us once in a while, but that he comes and makes his home, his dwelling place with us. He comes and dwells in our midst. Individuals are Christian, corporately as his people of church. Wow! In the King James, he says, we will make our abode with him. means he will abide with us. He'll stay with us. He'll stay with us. His manifest presence will stay with us. You see? Put that together. First he says, I'll manifest myself to you. Then he says, I'll make my home with you. Which means he will make us his home for his manifest presence. So, you know, it's not just us on Sunday saying, well, you know, Jesus said we're two or three are gathered together. Then, you know, Jesus said he'd be here. And so we're gathered together. So I guess he's, be- I guess he's here <laughs> somewhere, you know. No, he means manifest presence of God. He means the power of God, the presence of God, the glory of God. He means God's doing stuff, saving people, healing people, changing people, setting you free and bringing you into the place of your highest calling and purpose, which is to personally, experientially know Him. That's what He said. Did He say that? Woo! You see, the reason we obey Him is not because we're trying to be accepted by our brother or sister or the pastor in the church. (laughs) Forget the peer pressure. This is real. Because we love Him. We want more of Him. That's why we do His will. So the purpose of obedience is Him. Greater fellowship in Him. Thirdly, the purpose of sufferings in this life is to find Him in a greater way. The purpose of suffering is Him. Boy, look at Paul's words. This is the same passage we read earlier from Paul about how he was circumcised and so forth. And he goes on and he says, Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ himself. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. That is why God allows us to go through the hard, sometimes agonizing things that He does. It's not to hurt you. It's to bring you into a higher place in Him. We're so glad you joined us for In the Word with Malcolm Weber, a weekly podcast featuring selected teachings from Dr. Weber's over 40 years of ministry. Find more teachings along with books, courses, tools, and other resources from Dr. Weber at www.leadersource.org. Tune in next week for the second part of this message. Our ultimate purpose is to know God.